Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District Day After Reckoning. I'm Nathan. That's Trevor. And that's the stoner. And we have a victory Tuesday. That's right. We absolutely dominated the Philadelphia Eagles. In fact, I didn't get rid of this, by the way. I kept it on here. I just, it's so pretty. It is so pretty for our audio listeners. I am sharing the graphics for the final score where Washington beat the Eagles in Philadelphia, 32 to 21 on Monday night football. I'm going to turn that music just a little bit down there, but uh, absolutely great game. Excited to bring you our take on what happened. That's what we do here on the day after reckoning every day after Washington plays at 730 on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Of course, you can catch it on your favorite audio platforms right after that. Let's get back to our branding here and, uh, Appreciate everyone already jumping in here. We got Landon, we got Yam, Commandalorian, OPG Bubbles, and Allison. She's taking this L with as much grace as an Eagles fan can possibly muster. Allison says, What's up? Eagles have a much better team. Commies played great. Birds played like crap. It happens. Good game. I I I have to say, and this is Washington was straight up just the better team yesterday. Whatever you want to think of it, Washington ended up being the better team, not gifted it, what a lot of people want to say. I know a lot of salty Philadelphia fans are pointing at the refs, but in the end, Washington deserved this victory. What say you, Trev? Uh, I a whole a thousand percent agree with that, Washington, Washington earning this victory. Referees don't score points. They just make calls on the field, so you can't blame the refs. In order to win, you got to stop stop us from scoring points and stop turning the ball over. You didn't do either one, therefore you lost fair and square. Yep. Stoner, <laughs> Stoner what, 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 how about you? Was Washington the better team on Monday Night Football? Oh, 100%. Washington was the better team last night. Let's not, let's not, let's not try and twist it all up and look for excuses and all that other stuff. Last night, Washington was the better team. I think the Eagles are an overall better team. But that's why you play the game. You don't play it on paper. You go out there and you have to make plays. Uh, first half, second half, all that. Washington thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly outplayed Philadelphia in this game. Uh, stats, um, big plays, turnovers, time of possession. I mean, you just name any stat that you want to in this game. Washington dominated. Absolutely. Trev, what was the most impressive part of this victory? And there's plenty to choose from, which I love that that's what we're looking at, right? It's not like, a, well, really only one thing did well. The whole team performed and uh, came out on top. But what was the most impressive thing to you? Scott Turner's play call. I can't believe mm. I'm saying it. I cannot believe I'm saying it. I cannot believe I just said that. No, I'm not drunk anymore. <laughs> I'm drinking Fresco right now, so I said that quite soberly. Scott Turner's play calling. Why uh, is that, Trev? We'll probably get to this later, yeah, but because he he always has somebody in motion. Somebody was always moving pre-snap, making the the defense, you know, I don't know, decide quicker or make adjustments on the fly, you know, react this way, react that way. Um, I thought he we ran the ball when we were supposed to run the ball for the most part. Um, we just, you know, it looked like we were a complete football team. I mean, defense showed up like we always, like they've been doing the past few weeks. 
So that was kind of like not expected, but just not as surprising as Scott Turner's offensive play calling because we've seen it before. We've had leads on good teams, and we decided to throw the ball and we should just run the ball and, and you know tip the clock out and win the game, or you know we should we should pass instead we run or vice versa. But I think he did a very good job yesterday. That's the best we've seen all season, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the. Uh, it's so important to have all of that motion because what it does is it lessens the negativity or, or the negative ability of the offensive line. That's your weak point on offense is your offensive line. But if you can keep that defense, especially those linebackers, moving, the safeties moving because of what your backs are doing, your tight ends are in motion, your receivers are in motion, if you constantly have that different directions behind the quarterback, in front of the quarterback, uh, going one way, coming back in another way, that keeps the defense, as Trev was saying, kind of back on their heels a little bit, and they can't attack as much. And that just helps. It might be a certain play. It might be a yard that yeah. it helps them with. But that yard means everything, especially when you had all those third-down conversions, and so many of them were short conversions as we saw. So I think that was extremely important. And you're right. I thought Scott Turner called a heck of a game and he should be given a lot of credit. We kill him when he calls a terrible game, when he calls a great game, let's give him his flowers. One of the things we've talked about Soner over the last few weeks has been how the play calling has been good period. It's the execution that's been yeah. lacking. Execution seemed to be a little bit smoother this game within that. And a large part of that was Brian Robinson executing mm-hmm. the run game to just an absolute great game. Not a monster mm-hmm. game, not a, you know, not looking at like it's going to be the, uh, you know, you know, Hall of Fame 200 yard, you know, type game, but right. it was a very solid game. What do you think of this rushing attack from the uh, commanders there, Trev? Uh, I loved it. I think you, when you had B-Rob in there, it was ground and pound, downhill. He cut it outside a couple of times, which was nice to see him do. But for the most part, he kept the legs churning, uh, always picking up the first down. And I think that opened up the, the doors for – Dragging people. Yeah, like just refusing mm-hmm. to go down. I think it opened the door a little bit for Antonio Gibson to do his thing as well. Um, kind of helps with the helps with the defense of giving them two different looks on, on running backs and they can both do the same thing in that position. Um, so I, I like the little one-two combination we had. I think it worked really well. So yeah, it was uh, it was an absolute great game on the ground for Washington to the tune of 49 carries for 152 yards and two touchdowns. Both B. Rob and Gibson got themselves in there. Not the best average, right? 3.1. Uh, was the average 3.3 for Brian Robinson, 3.1 for Gibson. Gibson obviously ended up having a foot injury, but this is probably, I think, the most touches. I'm going to double, I'm going to verify this real quick. Gibson had 14 touches. I think that might be a season high for him this year. What Stoner, we have been talking about run the ball, right? <laughs> so, what did it mean to you that they actually followed through with that? By the way, it is Gibson's um, most season uh, high. It is a season high. Let me yeah. Let me see here. Yep, fourteen. It ties Detroit and Jacksonville uh, for a season high at fourteen. But what did it mean to you that they stayed with it? I mean, again, some of these rushes were just three yards, but they kept going. And the stat they kept showing during the game 
was there. It was third down, and the ha- average yard to gain was like three to four yards uh, every time they were showing it up. I think it was only once that it was above four, and every time after that, it was right around three or just under four. So what did it mean mm-hmm. to you that they stuck with it? Well, is it best? Is it is it better if they average four, four and a half, five yards of carry? Absolutely. That means you're just gashing them. But what this what averaging only three yards a carry is they were committed to it on first down, second down, third down. So if you get if you just get your average, 3.1 was the was the average, right? So you're at fourth and less than a yard Mm -hmm. just by using some basic average math right Mm -hmm. and you're and you're going to convert that 95 percent of the time a fourth and less than a yard so is that commitment to it and you look at it the longest run that b rob had was 11 yards so these were four yards six yards two yards three and he just they just kept going to it and it they were committed to it throughout the entire game even when they were down, they were still committed to it. And and that's what helps keep the other team on the sideline. They've got a potent offense. They're one of the best offenses in the league with all those weapons. And they were stuck on the sideline for most of the game. And so it's just a commitment to it. If you just keep doing it, keep doing it, you're, you're going to be successful as long as you can convert those third downs. And I don't know what the final numbers on their third downs were. It was 12, 12, 12 21. So 57%. But I think it was 12 of their first 15 or something like that. Something yeah. absurd. And then late in the game when they were just kind of trying to hold on, they were not converting uh, third downs. You just got to commit to it. If you own that line of scrimmage and the biggest thing, if you win the turnover battle, you're going to win these games. Mm-hmm. It's that it's really that simple. We've been uh, talking about it forever. It's it's a simple game. Control the ball, uh, limit your turnovers. You'll win the game. Let's talk about those turnovers right there. We did win the turnover battle. Four turnovers to two turnovers. Mm-hmm. This is something we had also mentioned was the regression to mean. Philadelphia was getting very lucky with those their fumbles and that they were recovering them. This time they lost three of those fumbles and Hurts threw an interception, just an absolute great play by Defoe after it fell through his hands, fell through uh, A.J. Brown's hands and uh, ended up in the, the elbow of Defoe. Trav, these, uh, these turnovers, is it good? Because this is something Washington's been lacking. Their defense has been doing a good job stopping teams, but haven't been doing a good job you know, helping their offense out and the and the the you know giving them short fields. What did it mean to you know for Washington's defense to get these four turnovers? Oh, everything. It's like you said. We we were just a few weeks ago, like pretty much did last in turnover differential with like one or two, and now it seems like we're getting better each game. We're causing more and more turnovers each game. And like what Stoner said, in order to beat a good team, you got to get them to commit the ball, turn over the ball, and that's what we did. Um, we committed to ourselves. We'll talk about those later on, but I think that causing four turnovers against a team who only averaged, who only had three all uh, eight games prior to us is amazing. It's kind of like a little bit of a blueprint on how to beat good teams just like them. So nothing but and, and, 
Yeah. And the turnovers either came at critical times yes. or in critical parts of the field. Mm-hmm. Right. So you you know that that Defoe interception was on a long pass yep. way downfield. And so if that's complete, then they've got the ball basically first and goal or first mm-hmm. first down at the twenty, at whatever it was. Play, sure. Yeah. And then and then you had the uh the fumble on Goddard with the face mask, whatever, uh, on that particular play, I think they had a short field after that, mm-hmm. right? Washington had a very short field because if you remember, Jamin Davis got up and ran it in. Yeah. It. So then they had a short field there. And then you had the uh, um, uh, the defo, uh, the play to Quez Watkins, mm-hmm. right, where he caught that long pass. You're up 26-21 at that point. Yeah. And they make that huge play. And you're like, here we go. This is yeah. late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And he, if he completes that and he just gets tackled, then again, they've got the ball in the four, late in the fourth quarter, only down mm-hmm. five, basically in the red zone or close to it, and you're in a lot of trouble. So they came either at critical times or critical parts of the field. Yeah, or after you know, like you mentioned that on that one with Watkins, that was supposed to be you know a forty yard reception if he just holds on to the ball. Uh, doesn't hold on to the ball. We had two defenders right there uh, able to get that one. Again, another one that was ran back for quite some yardage and then came back uh, after being marked down by contact. But Washington's defense aptly showed up. You guys had to think about it. I have it in front of me, so you don't have to think too hard. But how many three and outs did Washington's defense provide uh, provide yesterday during Monday football? That's a good question. I'll tell um, you how many drives they had. Eagles had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten drives. How many specifically three and outs? I'll, 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 sh- I'll put a little sugar on top afterwards, but how many were three and outs? I could cheat because I, I charted everything. I could cheat if you want me to. <laughs> uh, I think two. Trev, how many? I'm gonna say three or four. Three, three, three. So they they're not uh, not a three and out, but it did kind of. It, it's not, so I'm not gonna count it, but it was a three play touchdown for that one. So we're not gonna count that one. But they well, that's not two, three and out. There's no yeah. three and out. They scored a touchdown. No, they <laughs> uh, so they punted uh, with their um, fourth. Uh, drive three and out. They had to punt at the start of the second half. So that's yep, two. That was huge, by the way. They had three plays and a fumble. So not quite there. Three plays and a punt uh, when they were down 26 to 21. And of course, then another one play, negative nine yards, fumble, touchdown. So, yeah. So, I mean, they defense absolutely held out. By the way, also some of these other ones, four plays and an interception. Mm-hmm. And uh, six plays and a fumble, three mm-hmm. plays and a fumble. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this defense absolutely showed out, and uh, and Washington needed it because you know when Washington was trying to hold on, you mentioned getting that that one fumble by um, by Jamin Davis, right? Yeah. So Washington, the play, the offense after that did four plays for negative two yards. And kicks, kicks field a monster field goal, right? 55-yard yeah. field goal. How about Joey Sly, the, the one-time stoner? You do not put a dollar dollar on our man, Joey Sly. And he, monster game. 
58 yards, 55 yeah. yards. Yeah, 44 <laughs> yard, I think, was the first one that he had. But what, what I thought was great was in that first half, towards the end of the first half, when Washington was driving down, Philadelphia was calling timeouts to preserve some extra time so they could possibly score at the end of the first half. That whole score at the end of the first half, get the ball back at the start of the second half and score, right? So Washington did end up scoring that touchdown late in the first half. And then Philadelphia had called their timeout, so they had plenty of time. And they get the ball, and I believe they went three and out. Mm -hmm. And then Washington got it back with a minute 16 left Mm -hmm. and one timeout, Trev. We talked about this a couple of games ago. You don't want them kind of trying to go down and get um, points because Mm -hmm. their offense isn't built for it, but they did. A minute 16, they were at their own 30, and they went down and they got uh, that 58-yarder right before half. Mm -hmm. Then you come out in the second half, they get the ball first, we get a three and out, and then you get Washington gets the ball and goes down the field, kicks another field goal. And that that is so huge for the defense to be able to make those stops and the offense to capitalize on it. I mean, make no mistake, the offense was the reason this team won this particular game. Defense has been great, but if the offense doesn't do what they did this week, they're not winning because they finally got some points and got some drives together. And kept that defense. I'm I'm with the stoner. I'm with you on this one. And and Trav, you're the one who said Scott Turner called a good game. The the reason why I, I am with Stoner on this one is yes, the offense made a mistake first drive. They give up that uh, that the sack fumble, and they have three plays, 18 yards are in the t- in the end zone already. Philadelphia's up quite early. Even if you ignore that, Washington's not been able to score consistently. They put up 32 points. Now, one of those was a defensive touchdown, and but still 26 points is more than what we have seen from this offense. So, Really, the defense just continued doing what it has been doing, which is keeping the, the offense in those games. The offense finally delivered on that promise of, hey, we, we, we're going to do our part. And they, I do believe that they did their part this time. At so much so, this is, this is a fun little stat for our, our, uh, our favorite Boomer Sooner on the team. We had a season-low punt total. How many times did you punt? One. Twice. Oh, twice? Well, wait. For 87 yards. Okay, yeah, because he had the the second one was at the at the end of the game Mm -hmm. in in the fourth quarter when when they had 10 seconds left and they had to punt it. Yeah. Right. You remember that after and then they just kicked it down to the 10 yard line and the guy fair caught it and they had they had five seconds left to 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 try something. So yeah, Yeah. so he had two, but yeah. Both punts, by the way, both both punts came in the fourth quarter. Yeah, with, the uh, first that was one of my stats. Four minutes of play. His first punt. This is one of my stats here. Um, came at three thirty-five to go in the first. I mean, in the uh, fourth quarter, that was his first punt. Now, technically, technically, it's his first one. First he had the one in the yeah. first half that they got the roughing the uh, kicker penalty, so that doesn't count as a punt. Mm-hmm. But still, so technically, the first one was 335 to go in the fourth quarter. That's the offense doing some work to me. Not, and I, not and, quite and, like Kansas City's punter sleeping on the sideline, but uh, <laughs> right, right. a pretty darn good day for the offense to only have to use Tressway twice. 
and it's coming there in the fourth quarter. Like you mentioned, did use them early, uh, but that uh, roughing the kicker penalty gave Washington a first down, and that made a difference. I'm going to yeah. bring up that particular one. Sorry, I just pause there, but I'm going to bring up um, – yeah, here we go. So it was um, – let's see. Tressway punts, roughing the kicker 15 yards – and then, okay, so maybe not. It didn't make that big of a difference, actually, because the well, play, that, play. Right after that was Taylor Heineke being sacked, right? The sack uh, fumble, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. It didn't quite make a difference there, but uh, but the difference being that in the game that he was barely playing, that whole deal it made a huge difference. Can I throw some uh stats out for you? I want to throw these nuggets out for you because they're awesome, okay? I want to do it while we got uh. We got a lot of people here uh, checking us out here. All right. Uh, Some good, some bad. Okay. And some I'm going to ask you guys what you think uh, is the answer. But the first one is Washington's been called for 11 pass interferences. That's all. That's number number one or or number 32, however you want to look at it. It's the worst in the league. Yeah. Was that a pass interference on St. Just in the first half? Did you guys I don't think? think it was, but yeah, you, the think, you thought it was, was Trev. Yeah, he's, he's doing it all year. He, he he has been pretty guilty of that particular kind of play. The reason why I I I still don't agree with that call is because I don't feel like it was consistent throughout the game, mm-hmm. right? Like there were sometimes they were calling it, sometimes they're not calling it. It was just you want to see some consistency with there. But I will say the refs were just having an awful day all yeah. the way. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, The next one is Washington had 51 first-half offensive plays, which is the most in the NFL by any team this year. Wow. 51 offensive plays. That's insane. Uh, I thought I had something. I think they ended up with 81 uh, total for for the game. 81 offensive plays. I don't care how good – the other team's defense is 81 times being out there is going to gas that defense. And that's what the running game and you keep pounding them and pounding them and pounding them, you know, Mm -hmm. 40, what is it? How many times did they rush the ball? 42 times, 49 times, 50 times. That's insane. By by the way, your, uh, your stat here, I was just wanting to do a quick comparison to some, Mm -hmm. they had 51 plays in the first half, right? Kansas city had 62 all game against the Jaguars. Wow. That's huge. Wow. That's huge. That's converting those third downs, man. They were just – they were smashing those uh, third downs. Yeah, time of possession was basically 40, 40 to 20. 19. Yeah, it was, it was doubling them up on time of possession. Yep. Absolutely just beautiful. This is the first time the Eagles had trailed at halftime all year, this game. Yep. Isn't that crazy? Um, Eagles running backs in the first half – Two carries in the first half. Yeah, that's, that's pretty <laughs> unbelievable. Really, I they just cannot believe that they that they did that. They had four total. Two was Hertz and two running backs. That's it. Four rushes in the first half. Um. Oh, the one the one thing I didn't like is the first possession in the second half for Washington when they moved it all the way down and they had first and goal from I believe the seven. That was after like that Dah- uh, Jahan Dotson 
uh, pass, right? Uh, yeah. One was a McLaurin pass. First one was that deep McLaurin pass that he caught on the right-hand side past Slay, where he just cooked Slay, right? But then they got down there, and they had second and goal from the two-yard line, and they passed it. They had third and goal from the two-yard line. They yeah, passed again. Yeah. And both times, no motion, no pre-snap motion. Yeah. So I thought that was the only time that Scott had a um, had a bad sequence of calls there. I mean, you're just pounding them all game. Just keep doing it. Why, why are you exactly. getting away from it? Rob literally dragged people into mm-hmm. the end zone. Like, yeah. he, like absolutely just a beast. And that's one of the things we were, we were liking about him is that he's big, he's physical, he's a different run style than Gibson, as Gibson is a little bit of a quicker back, not quite a scat back, but a quicker back. And you have Brian Robinson, who's just going to plow through guys. And that's exactly what he was doing, man. Just watching him drag uh, for the first down and then drag mm-hmm. and twist in for, for a touchdown. That that yeah. play might be my favorite of the season so far, which is saying a lot because I love a lot of these Terry McLaurin catches that we've been seeing. But just watching him just drag half that uh, defensive line and then twist in for a touchdown – I think just shows a lot of the resolve that this team has been showing over the last few weeks. Yeah. Do you, uh, you know, we kill uh, Rivera for his clock management. He's been horrific at clock management this year. He was smart this last game, last night. He was good this last game, especially if you remember in the uh, late in the game, about two, 220 left in the game, and we held Philly again. It might have been a three and out, whatever it was. But we held them, and they had to punt it. And remember their punter? Remember Kalik Hudson came free, and he was going to block it, and their punter saw that, and he hesitated and let Hudson go by. Then he kicked it, right? Mm -hmm. But they got a penalty for an ineligible player downfield. Mm -hmm. So there was 208 left at that time. And Rivera could have just declined it, right, because it's five yards. Why do it again? But because he told them to kick it again, then they punted, and it ran off down to the two-minute warning. Yeah. So the two-minute warning and the change of possession came at the same time, whereas yeah. if he had declined the penalty, they would have gotten another yeah, free have, timeout. You absolutely have to get a first down in that regard. That was clock management brilliance on his part. So, we again, we killed Scott for his play calling. He was great today. We have to – or yesterday, we have to give it to him. We killing Ron Rivera for his clock management. That was great. So we have to praise him for that as well. Uh, 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 Somebody brought up, and what do you guys think of this? I want to ask you about this. Somebody brought up that on that play where Heineke gave himself up and he kneeled and then got hit by Reddick and Graham. Yeah. Right at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. Somebody, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Chris Sims on Pro Football Talk. He said that he thinks that there's a possibility that Graham was trying to get to the quarterback as quick, quick as possible on that so that he could get credit for the sack. <laughs> and then he was just too aggressive. So he was stat chasing and it cost him a game. Yeah. Uh, Do you guys think, you think that's possible? Hell no. Brandon Graham's no. been there for so many years. He's been yeah. there like damn years. He don't give a damn about getting a, a sack for stats. He was trying to, Try to get him down as quick as possible, but without letting too much time get off the clock. But I don't think he's chasing stats. 
I did see that that take that someone was like he was chasing the stats. I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, I do think that they do just have to pl- they have to play smarter, right? The the Eagles defensive line there. Mm-hmm. Heineke gave himself up. You can see the refs are ready to to call this play, you know, dead, uh, rightfully so. And you know, one okay, he's just kind of like crawling over there, right? Reddick was like crawling over there to like touch him, but mm-hmm. Graham straight up like kept, take took a couple steps. Like I mean, this was the rule book, right? Like this is something. I mean, you're not going to show this. One. It wasn't rough or anything, but it was definitely yeah, it was violent. But it was it was more than it was two steps and then hitting the quarterback after the play was dead. You can't you yeah. can't do that and. Yeah. uh so yeah, a lot of people are going to be. I know a lot of Philly fans specifically are upset with that. But uh, you know, <laughs> too bad, too bad. That's too so bad. sad. It's in the rule books. That's that's what you got to do with it. Come now again, the refs did not call the best game, but that particular thing. By the way, that play right there, Heineke's best play uh, of the game. I'm I'm probably gonna go. That was the smartest play of the season I think I've seen from Taylor Heineke. Well, he he came out and says Scott Turner said if if Terry McLaurin isn't wide open, then just take the sack or just take the kneel. But if he is wide open, throw it. So thank God Terry wasn't wasn't open because Taylor was going to throw the ball on that play. (laughs) So, which would have been insane. Even if he was wide open, I don't want him throwing it just because. you know, if anything can happen, but he has to because he's a quarterback right now. But we'll get to what. A, what about <laughs> his uh, after the snap over his head when he when he threw it away oh, when they had a good drive there? Fumble retriever throwing the way the ball yeah. immediately. Yeah, yeah, another smart play. These these were these were just this is the progression you want to see from him from being you know from being that quality backup and he's being put into these games for extended periods of time. The, this is how you win games, right? This is when you make those smart plays. I, I agree that that one is a smart play, but I'm telling you the, the kneeling to, to keep the clock going, even if he doesn't get hit was just the right move. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks in there, they're going to either toss it away. Cause it, it's just their mental makeup of, okay, let me scramble and then throw it. We're running out of bounds, right? Don't get hit. But he was smart enough to kneel, and he he waited that out as long as he could, and it ended up getting a couple flags thrown for roughing the passer and gave Washington even more time to be able to take off that clock. So that's why I'm going to go with that was his smartest play. All right. I mean, you can't go wrong with either one, I don't think. Those are both excellent plays. Um, I, I got a couple I, I more here for you. All right, yeah. OBG Bubbles is bringing this up. I, I commented on, uh, yeah, I commented on this on on Twitter. I was just like, you know, let's this is a this is a day to celebrate the 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 victory. I'm not quite sure I want to get into this, but OPG Bubbles, what about keeping Taylor as a QB? That one. Uh, oh, we are on the bench. Maybe we'll talk about it later. We'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll see, we'll see how heated we can get later on that topic. <laughs> Uh, Sonar, you got a couple things, though, you wanted to bring up? Yep, I got a couple more stats here, what you guys think. Uh, Taylor Heineke had 211 passing yards against Philadelphia in this 32-21 win. How many passing yards did Carson Wentz have in their 24-8 loss to Philly earlier in the year? Was it less than 100? Was that the game that he had less than 100? No. No, no. 
He had 211. What did he have? He had 211. Oh. The exact same passing yards in a 24 to 8 loss that Heineke had in a 32 21 win. Okay, well, we we both had, we had different game plans for 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 each game. So absolutely, yeah. Twenty two yeah. rushes in that game to to forty nine <laughs> rushes in in the game yesterday. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily want to br- talk about this uh, this comment by OPG Bubbles, yeah. but yeah. he we'll wants to talk about, about this topic. <laughs> um. Only two teams, only two teams have held Philadelphia under 100 yards rushing this season. Only two in their nine games. So seven games they've gone over 100 as a team, and two they've gone under 100. Can you guess who the two teams are? Uh, just one team. It's a trick question. Washington football team, and you have, I don't know, who's the other one? It's Washington, Washington, and Washington. The only team to keep them under. Oh, nice. That's why I said it's a trick question. It's not yep. two teams. It's one team. One team did it twice, and that was your Washington Commanders. That's right. And for those who are keeping track at home, this is the Washington Commanders onesie, which I'll wear until they lose again, which looking at that schedule looks pretty favorable. I might be snug in this one for a few weeks. You might be. All right, last one. Commander's time of possession on the year is 32-31. Where does that rank in the NFL? 16. Top five. One. (laughs) Number one time of possession team this year. That's my last stat. I have another stat that I'm holding on to for uh, the Taylor uh, Carson uh, possible He's he's been poking the bear on that one for 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 some time. Let's continue talking about this game though. Then we'll when, right. before we do dollar dollar. I promise you, we'll go ahead and we'll bring that topic up. But let's get back to the game here. What other aspect of this game, Trevor, was just something that you want Washington to continue as the season progresses? Uh, contain mobile quarterbacks. I think we did a great job of that last night. We didn't let Jalen Hurts get outside of the pocket and do some magic on us like he normally does. Um, and I just thought the way our defense is ball hawking and playing with aggressiveness and playing with continuity, it seems like we're all on the same page on the back end now. And um, I'm, I'm, Hey, say what you want, but John Bostic is stepping up when he has to. Uh, Nathan Gary was in there a couple plays. Casey Tuhill step up when he has to. I just think that our role players and depth guys that are stepping up, having to play these bigger roles, are doing a great job at it. And because normally mm-hmm. we're like, oh God, we got John Bosk in here now. Our linebacking core is going to suck. But I mean, everybody who, like I said, has a role on this team is, is playing it very well, and it shows because it looks like we're an actual team on each, each side of the ball and special teams as well. So. I just like the continuity, I think. is. I will say it's pretty impressive that they've been able to do this with players that have been out, right? You mentioned Bostic in there. Only once did I, you know, swear his name on on uh, on camera as we did the live stream uh, where he, he was caught chasing somebody again. Never, never a good thing when he's having to chase somebody down. But uh, outside that, he's been playing well. So Cole Holcomb 
you know, is still, we're waiting for, for him. Mayo played reasonably well when it was her, his turn out there. We talked about Jamin Davis improving over the season. William Jackson's out. You saw uh, Wild Goose, Danny Johnson, that that uh, that third cornerback position has, has been in flux but doing well. You got a safety group that is the best safety group in the NFL. Who would have thought that going into the season that Washington would have the best safety group in the NFL? That's sure did. Yeah, it's been really impressive. And, and, and I'll be honest, I – you know, during this little streak that they've had, what, what have they won? Four out of the last five, I believe it is, right? They're four, four and one in their last five because they started one and four. That's right. So I was a little bit, you know, great. Their defense has been playing really well, but you're playing guys like Tanny Hill and and Justin Fields before he figured out. Ellinger. <laughs> Ellinger. You know, all these just – Rodgers with no receivers who want to catch the ball, right? All this stuff. So I was a little bit skeptical kind of of their defense. But when you go in there and you've got two stud running backs and Sanders and Boston Scott, and you've got Jalen Hurts, who's being talked about as the MVP, and you've got A.J. Brown, and you've got Devontae Smith, and you've got Dallas Goddard, and you've got all these guys, and you basically hold them to 14 points because of that first touchdown is – Nothing, really. It was 18 yards. What are you going to do there? That's impressive. That defense was extremely impressive. And we weren't calling out uh, uh, John Allen. We weren't calling Deron Payne's name because they weren't getting to the quarterback because that's not what Philadelphia allows you to do. They get the ball out quick, right? So that means your back end has to be playing extremely well. And they were. Fuller was making plays. Every time Fuller would make a play, we go, oh, wonder what Trev thinks of that play. What if he's uh, happy about that play? I was actually right? saying, I said, it's about time he showed up this weekend. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. It. And, and something's going on with that defense that is is real. It's mm-hmm. no longer, you know, just saying, oh, well, because William Jackson's not in there, so now they're better because of that. It is. And, and you can't <laughs> deny it anymore. You can't just say that they've been playing bad teams. I mean, we got to get those excuses out of the way. And just say they're playing extremely well. And it's been fun to watch this defense play the last five, six weeks. After they stopped giving up all those uh, big plays, for sure. Yeah, they, they, they had a couple of those big plays that they kind of let loose on, on this time. But for the most part, they were keeping everything in front of them. That's one of the things we were talking about, needing for getting to the victory on the defense. You needed to keep that stuff in front of you. Devontae Smith had a quietly decent game, but not necessarily a big breakout game. Those 39 yards definitely seemed like a lot more, uh, Mm -hmm. but he did get one touchdown out of that. Quez Watkins had himself uh, 80 yards. Obviously, the 50-yard one uh, catch on there that ended in a fumble was uh, not so good for him. But Washington, for the most part, kept everything in front of them and – their defense just continues to impress me. And this is a good, like you said, Stoner, we can you know ignore all the bad teams that they've played. The past two weeks they've played against quality offenses, and they are still doing what we've seen them do against those bad, bad offenses. This oh, is, yeah. this is just I mean, who would have said, who would have thought that coming into this week we would hold A.J. Brown to one catch for seven yards? 
We never mm-hmm. saw that. Who would have thought that we would have held Justin Jefferson to less than like what 150 yards last week? Did we do that? I think, and then against Must the Bills, he goes for damn near 200 against a way better team than he played the week before. So shout out to the like you said, shout out to the secondary. We're doing our thing back there. So, and and I do want to I want to throw one other um, uh, kind of point out there. This is not on the defense. This is on the offense. I've been really hard. I don't know if that's the right way of phrasing it. I I have been unwilling to put Terry McLaurin in that top 10 range. You know, I've always been in that 12 to 15 range. But these last four weeks, do you know who the corners that he has played against? Yeah. Jair Alexander, Stephon Gilmore, Patrick, Patrick Peterson, Darius and Darius Slay. Yeah. Okay. And he's been cooking those dudes. Yeah. So I have to say that he's moving up for me uh, as far as where I'm going to rank him. And we'll see at the end of the year. But right now, today, I do believe he is a top 10 receiver. And I haven't said that since we started talking about Terry McLaurin. You've definitely been notoriously against Terry as a top 10. Not against. Yeah, against him as a top as a ten top 10 wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so a, a lot of our viewers get on you for that, but uh, I'm glad you're finally coming around to it because Terry McLaurin's been doing absolutely great things. Here's something courtesy of uh, Pedro Smith. Make sure you check him out. He's got his own YouTube channel there, but he tweeted this out that I thought was pretty interesting as we're talking about Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin's stats during six games with Wentz, 22 receptions, 367 yards, one touchdown on 37 targets with Taylor and four games, 24 receptions, 370 yards, one touchdown and 36 targets, two less games and hitting pretty much those same numbers across the board with Taylor Heineke. If there's one thing Taylor Heineke does is he gets Terry McLaurin the ball. And he did that again this game against the Eagles, eight receptions on 11 targets for 128 yards. No touchdown, but good for 16 uh, yards and average there. Man, Terry McLaurin has just been amazing. And he every every game, you know, granted, a lot of this has to do with Taylor Heineke's lollipop balls. But every game, it just seems like he is making a catch that you don't see other wide receivers making. I mean, obviously, Justin Jefferson had probably the catch of the century. Uh, or at least the catch catch of the season against the Bills yesterday. But Terry McLaurin makes these unbelievable catches week in and week out. Mm-hmm. It does. Trev, if, if Stoner's not going to give him his flowers and call him a top 10 just yet, where would you rank Terry McLaurin this season as a wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Uh, between, between 10 and 12, I'd say. I'm not ready to say top 10. Because he has he has good games, but it's it takes him a long time a while for him to get going. If he would have had these numbers from week one, then maybe we could talk about top ten. But it takes him a while to to get going. It takes him like three or four games every season to finally get get recognized, get some targets. But he is, I mean, his catches are amazing. It just sucks that every time you you see him go for a catch, you hope he comes back down and can get right back up because. All those balls he's catching are, are in danger zones pretty much 90% of the time of his routes. So you give him so much credit for that, for making the catch. But I'm not going to go ahead and put him in the top 10 just yet. 
because we've seen a Justin Jefferson. We've seen what Jamar Chase does. We've seen what Devontae Adams does. We've seen what Cooper Cup does, Adam Thielen. Um, and he's shown shades and flashes of that, but it hasn't been as consistent as those guys yet has been. So maybe since we signed a contract extension, now he can get it going. But and he also hasn't been that consistent because he's had, what, eight, nine different quarterbacks throwing exactly. him. Kind of hard to get that consistency yeah, yeah, yeah. when you have have you know and the level of QBs that are throwing in the ball. You know, yeah. not to say I I I will I'm gonna yeah, be honest. Adam Thielen. Yeah, I don't think Thielen. But he was at one point. He was good. He was good. It was Adam Thielen. You guys know that. Oh yeah, Adam Thielen did well. Justin Jefferson. <laughs> a couple years like ago, Thielen was a top five. Okay, Thank I'm you. not even going to get into that because that's we're talking like Thank three, you, three four years ago at this point. Justin Jefferson is in a tier of his own. I think I think Terry McLaurin is, is in like that second to like third tier is like top top wide receivers. Uh, I do believe he is in top ten, but you do have like the Jamar Chases, the Justin Jeffersons, the the Cooper Cups and whatnot that are you know have been showing up and doing things that we haven't seen Terry McLaurin do, but as uh, you know, someone, someone mentioned in the chat there, I, pu- I pulled it up. Uh, it was Gus bus uh, passing Cooper cup and yardages next, next week, which that's just a thing. Someone else had mentioned passing um, a couple of, uh, you know, Debo Samuels and something else. Yeah. He's, he's, he is, he's kind of in those same tiers, but he's starting to leapfrog as people start realizing like he can cook slay, right? He can, uh, yeah. Moss, Stefan Gilmore, you know, he can do these things. And I believe the league will really take notice. You know, he's had success against uh, the Cowboys, not so much recently. Mm-hmm. If he can go out and cook everybody's favorite busted, you know, cornerback uh, and digs, then I think people will recognize just how special Terry McLaurin is. And I really hope that'll be the case. Uh, you know, in that game, but that's a few games ahead of us. And I want to stick to this game here where, yeah, as Chris says, Gary Terry cooked slay. Absolutely. Uh, just, just torched him. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and take them off our go goes and no goes, but let's go ahead and get to those go goes and no goes right here for this game. Uh, make sure you put these in the comment, your go goes, who, who did you think did well? And who was your no go? Who was not so hot? Trev, who'd you have as your go-go? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say Scott Turner. We've been on his his tail all season long, especially when we had the lead and he makes bonehead play calls and this and that. He just called a heck of a game yesterday. Like I said, he had everybody a pre-snap motion a lot, which causes havoc for defenses before the ball even snap. And then just the the way he kept pounding the rock, first down, second down, third down. The reason why we had so many third down conversions or attempts is because we were running the ball in first, second, and third down. Uh, 21 third downs is a lot of third downs mm-hmm. in the in, in a game. And you people initially would be like, oh, the defense is just like incredible. No, it's just that we ran the ball a lot to put ourselves in those third down situations. So hats off, Scott Turner. Um, you, you did a great game, probably the best game you've called from the beginning to the end. So that's one of my go-go's for sure. All right, Stoner, go go to you. Who you got? Man, this is this is a difficult one. I mean, Sly was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Trev makes great points on on Scott Turner. Um, 
I'm gonna give it. You know who I'm gonna give it to, right now? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to Coach Rivera. There you go. Coach Rivera went through a really rough week. Uh, everything that's going on. Just think in his last week, leading up to this game, he had to deal with the whole fallout from the uh, the uh, DC Attorney General's announcement of charges against the team. He had to deal with that. Then he had to deal with the loss of his mother. Mm-hmm. Right. This week he had to deal with it. he had to go home for a funeral before the game. And he still had his team ready. He had his team more than ready to play an undefeated team on the road. And they were ready. So I'm gonna give my go-go to uh, Coach Rivera. Mad yeah, props to the guy. Absolutely. And it's kind of interesting. We talked about this a few, I think two weeks ago when his mom did die, right? So this is the funeral that he had, he just came back from this week. But she died a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about on our Wednesday show, is that going to give the team some kind of boost mentally to try to win one for him? And we said, no, it's not the case. But you see how important it was to him this game when he's when he choked, got choked up in the locker room and Terry McLaurin came in and had to finish that speech. But you saw how important it was for the team. This team has been fighting together, and that is super important, and that is – coach Rivera is doing and, and you love to see it you know this team if they work together I do think can have some great success the, the the rest of the schedule looks favorable for them but they still have some work to do and uh but I have every bit of faith that as long as this team can do show us what they're doing us <laughs> Barty jumping in the background there the uh, uh the cat yeah, this time there was the cat this time yeah but, uh, yeah, no. So that was that was good. I, I like that one. I like some of these others that people are mentioning. Sly, uh, Taylor Heineke, definitely one of his better games. Uh, even just like not statistically, but mentally, was just one of his better games there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fourteen points for Sly was great. I got to see Defoe in here. Fuller had himself a good game. I love Gus Bus, and I know Tom uh, yeah, uh, I know that uh, uh, EP's loving this one too. Go go. How many snaps did he get? Patterson. <laughs> I'm saying, why are we even call him up? What the hell are we even call him up for? But go ahead. Who's yeah. your you, you would have had to play him if uh Gibson would have hurt his uh foot yeah, there on that one that play. Foot was a little bit more serious. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Defoe, uh, we've talked about him a couple times this game. You guys know how impressed I was with this young man, but Brian Robinson just yeah. playing with absolute fire. He's gonna be my go-go because even when he wasn't dragging people, which I just love to see, like I'm literally just replaying those plays over and over again, just watching that that lower leg power and just powering through people. But he was hitting those holes hard. He was making the right decisions. He was running the way that he was running in the preseason, which is why he was giving the starting job over Gibson. Now I'm going to stick with my prediction that I made at the beginning of the season and that Antonio Gibson's still going to be the more productive back of the two. But if if Brian Robinson can continue punishing these defensive lines, it's only going to be, be- better for Washington in the long run. So that's going to be my no-go. Let's get that's to these good. no-goes now. Let's go in reverse order here. Stoner, who's your no-go? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to steal this from uh, from somebody. Let me. I'm going to have to scroll up. I don't even know how to scroll up. Can you find the one that says the no go is the refs? Yeah, the, yeah. the referees. Luke, Luke had, that one. The refs. Yeah, were, there you go from Luke. Yeah, I'm stealing that from Luke. I mean, the refs were 
were horrific in a lot of their calls, missing the face mask. I didn't think there should have been the uh, uh, unnecessary roughness on the Samuel uh, run out of bounds where two guys hit him. Um, you know, the pass interference on St. Juiced, I didn't think w- was necessary. So there's, a, so there's a lot of plays that I didn't think that they were very good on. So, yeah, so let's give it to the refs because I can't think of anybody on Washington who who had a rough game. If somebody wants to remind me, then then sure, but I can't think of any. I have a no-go. It's not for the entire game, but it's just for one particular play and because he's he's done this so many times before and it almost Wait. happens once again. Is it um, – is it – uh Kendall Fuller? No, it is not Kendall Fuller. Oh, uh, was it Tyler it Larson when he had that snap? <laughs> it is not Tyler Larson when he had the snap. All right, what it is, is it? It is Taylor Heineke's interception. Nah. It was third and three. Terry McLaurin, I know you love the guy. You have the best chemistry with him on the team right now. You're in the headlines with him saying you guys are at this unbelievable new age Aaron Rodgers Devontae Adams connection. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson connection. I know, but it's third and three. Yeah, Gibby going up the middle to run a, a left out route, a five-yard out route. You force the ball downfield to Terry McLaurin, who's double covered. Luckily, it wasn't picked, but it was incomplete. No, no, I'm sorry, it was picked. Yeah, it was picked. When you could have just yeah. taken what the defense gives you, right there at your check down to Gibby, he was wide open. We could have got a first down. I know, I understand you had that chemistry, but sometimes you got to just take what the defense gives you instead of forcing it. Now, I'm not trying to be petty or nothing, but if we want to be a good team and we want to, you know, progress and stay alive, Mm -hmm. those type of plays like he does every single week puts us in harm's way and we can't have it. It's 33. Take what the defense gives you. Keep the drive alive. Keep your moxie alive. Yes, instead of forcing it, force-feeding it to Terry McLaurin because you guys have a great connection. The man was double-covered. He, he can't – he's not a Randy Moss, okay? He, he does it every now and then, but he's still short and, and stuff. And so that's what yeah, I only you know. You know how they say you throw it to where either your guy gets it or nobody gets it? Yes. He threw that so far inside that – Everybody could have got it. Anybody could have got it. And also, he didn't look off the safety enough, which allowed that no. safety to just come – but I did notice when they showed the replay, I noticed that the other receivers, they didn't even put the effort in. The play was he's going to drop back in rhythm, and he's going to Terry. Which is crazy. Right? On the, the other three, receivers just kind of jogged. So, there, so then Scott Turner falls on you then for calling a vertical mm-hmm. route for Terry McLaurin on third and three. On third and three, yeah. And you should just, you know, you've been running it on third down this whole game, you know. I don't know. He did it. I mean, thank God Curtis Samuel caught it last week, but he, that was another example. He just throws it up there and, yeah. and triple and double cover and puts us in harm's way. But other than that, yeah. he did he did a fabulous job. But that's my only no go. I think I think that's fair. I I am gonna go ahead and give the no go to the offensive line. Uh, the refs hmm. is an easy one, and I do think the refs absolutely deserve to be uh, maligned by both sides. Right? There was just hmm. bad calls on both sides. Oh, yeah. And uh, so much so that I don't really know that you can necessarily say that they favored one team or the other. Uh, now, I, a lot of people are going to point to the the final couple of calls, the uh, the um, pat or the roughing the passer and the no call and the face mask. Right, a lot of people are going to look at those, but there was a lot of calls that just didn't seem to be going Washington's way. Uh, so it's easy 
to uh, to kind of go that route. Uh, but the offensive line allowed you know another three sacks and four QB rushes. They they were the re- real reason why we had that early turnover with a strip sack and you know down early was because of because of that offensive line just unable to do that. I, I think if this offensive line can get together, if Washington is running the ball 39, 49 times, they're going to be doing a lot better than 152 yards going forward if that offensive line can get the the uh, the push that they need to. There's a couple mm-hmm. people mentioning specifically like Larson, his snaps. I mean, that that big snap, if Taylor Heineke doesn't isn't smart enough to grab that ball, run to the outside and just heave it as far as he can to make sure it gets to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's that's going to be a huge loss for for uh, Washington right there, and then even Cheeseman. I, I mentioned this on the stream yesterday to Stoner, but Cheeseman's snaps were weren't clean. Like you had hmm. Trent Way having to extend the high snaps, and grab yeah. those and get those down, which to me made those kicks the fifty five of fifty eight yards even more impressive by Joey Sly because he had to, he has a timing mechanism with that, and if and if Tressway, which there was somebody on this podcast, maybe that guy down there who tried to start a controversy with Tressway and said, maybe we're going through all these kickers because Tressway's the player. Hey, he heard, he heard me on the podcast and he said, <laughs> That's what That's he did, Trev. That's all that is. He was listening to Ref the District and uh, said, you know what? Those guys are, th- those two are onto something. I got to do something better about that hold, but no. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the offensive line because of that. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, that's that's where we got to go with that one. And uh, now I've seen a lot of comments in there on the oh. go go goes and no goes regarding the topic of the quarterback. Yep. Now this could easily be a topic we have tomorrow, but it might be decided for us tomorrow as we're currently the team reportedly is leading reportedly not be uh reportedly leaning to going back to Carson Wentz once healthy yep you who two, said that who uh, you Schefter, say reportedly Schefter, I believe tweeted that out uh, earlier today I will I will dig it up for you sir while hmm. you tell me why he does not deserve he to does. start again well that's wait that's that's a loaded question are you saying again or are you saying this week? If you're saying again, then then there may come a time where he's going to need to start again. Because right now, it's week to week. Talk to me about this week. It's 100% Taylor Heineke. That could absolutely change. If he goes out there against the lowly Houston Texas and poops the bed and has a horrific game, you're going back to Carson. That's it's a week to week thing right now, but you absolutely have to stick with the hot hand. He's won three of the four games. Is that right? Didn't we talk about it? If he goes three and one, you stick with him. And if he does anything worse, then you're probably going back to Carson. Trev, what are you doing? I'm putting Carson back in. I don't give a damn. That's that's insane. Stoner, hear me out. I didn't get to hear me out. Taylor Heineke is what? A backup quarterback. Yes. Three and one as a starting quarterback. So by him becoming a starting quarterback, he came off the bench as a backup. So which means he's doing his job. If we wanted him to be a starter, we would have 
done it from the from the get go in week one. We would have not gone out and got Carson Wentz. We would have never been any any quarterback hunt at all. He's doing his job just like Dallas and, and Dallas. Cooper Rush, when Dak went out, came in, did his job, and now he's back on the bench. Because why? You're paying Dak $75 million on that contract. That's not why, so, Trev. Hold I on. Mean, that's part of it. That is, it's a business. That's definitely why. That's they had a part of it, hand. Trev. Cooper, but you're Cooper going Rush back to four and one. Cooper Rush was 4-1. and one. He had a hot hand, mediocre stats. You know, had his favorite receiver, CeeDee Lamb, made him look like wide receiver one again for a few minutes. And then once Dak is healthy enough to throw the football, you put him back on the bench like you're supposed to. It's a business. That's, it's not an emotional business. It's a professional business. And you go back to who you you brought Carson in for as a starter. $30 million. He played four games, broken finger. You give the man another chance to see what he can do with the offense because you brought him in here. You went out and personally handpicked him. Ron Rivera went on the press conference and said he MFing picked him. He had the effing paper in his hand. You don't go through all that just to say, well, you know, Taylor has a hot hand and we stick with him. And I'm so, and my point of hot hand, Taylor is not having a hot hand. He threw zero touchdowns yesterday. He had a sack, a strip sack fumble, lost, and an interception. He didn't do nothing. Well, he did a little bit, but he was a, a contributing factor to why we won yesterday, not the sole reason. A starting quarterback is normally the sole reason why a team wins, and then everything else is compliments to it. For us, our defense, the reason why we're winning, is the reason why, and Taylor is the compliment to it. You go back to Carson Wentz. He's a starting quarterback. Taylor's a backup. He did his job, and you put him right back on the bench to do his job again. I'm sorry. All right. So here's here's a couple of things. First it of all, when you, with me too. I see it. Here's a, here's a couple of things. When you compare it to the Dallas situation, you're going back to Dak Prescott because he has a track record of with what? the Dallas Cowboys of winning and being a top tier quarterback as a okay. starting quarterback yes and so yeah, as a starting quarterback for the dallas cowboys with these players that's yeah. not comparative to what carson wentz did Bro. here in six games with washington exactly so it's only been six, been six games i let you speak i didn't interrupt you <laughs> but you started first <laughs> go ahead all right, so that so that's the thing about comparing it to the Dallas situation. It's not the same thing, okay? And what was Dallas's record when Cooper Rush? It was three and one, so it was the same record. Bro, I, I'm not I'm talking about record. It's just I think it might have been four four wins. Who the person oh, four and oh with him in there? Who the starting quarterback is? I don't, that's what I'm talking about. Nothing to do with the record, but it's Carson Wentz. He's a starting quarterback. He's not a. I get that, Trev. You can't you can't make decisions on the future of your team for this year, I'm talking about the future, for the rest of this year, you can't make a decision based on something that you said or that you did a month ago. You can't do that. You have to you go. You do it on what you've done the past two weeks ago? You, you have to go with what is getting your team victories right now. And it's defense, it's bro. Think about it. Who, okay. who lost the game last week? Was it the defense? No, there, who is, lost there is no doubt. Trent, who lost the back is, game, Tony? <laughs> Answer the is question. No doubt. This is Shannon and Skip now. Answer the question, Skip. <laughs> there is no doubt that this team, this team responds to Taylor Heineke. Well, I don't duh, care. he was here last year. They don't have a choice. I'm, 
No, it's not. Yes, they do have a choice. It's it's not a something to where they say, I'm going to make a choice about responding to Taylor Heineke. Yes. It's a it's a, it's an unwritten, it's an unspoken, it's Bro, it's a leadership. It, it's, it's something it's that the team all, just inherently oh loves about following a leader. A yeah, everyone loves following who, the leader when you win the game. They weren't saying the same tune last week when he lost the game for us. They weren't saying right. the same thing year but like he came in the game back this that. week. But you can't do that. They're not. Well, let me just say this. <laughs> I, let me just say this. They are 100% bet your 401k. Whatever you have to do, that they are not going back to Carson Wentz Bro, this week. They're I go- promise they're, you, they're, they're not. Going, they're, if, if Carson is healthy enough, he said it's, it depends on how the team feels. And if Taylor Heineke, the man himself, in the position himself, says, if they choose to go back to Carson, that's great. I'll go back to doing what I did before and help him the best way I can. Into mm-hmm. into winning the team and winning the game or whatever. So if the man himself has no problem whether he has to say for PR stunts or not, is saying that, and the team rallies behind Taylor, they're going to rally behind Taylor's decision. And said, hey, they want to go with Carson. How you guys feel? And they both they're going to say, well, it's fine. We love Carson too. It's just unfortunately he got hurt. That's the only reason why it's week to week too. By the way, it's not like we have a quarterback competition. The man's hurt. That's why it's week to week with a finger injury. If he wasn't and it was week to week, then it would be a week to week thing. But it's injury ridden. That's why. Here's, here's the here's the compromise, Trev. Here's the compromise. Because I promise you, Carson Wentz is not playing this week. But here's the compromise. If he's healthy, he is. Well, that's the compromise. They're simply going to say that he's not quite healthy yet. And they're going to continue to say that as long as Taylor Heineke plays well. And then and then let's just say he plays well enough to be well last week. Listen. If they if he plays well enough to beat Houston and Atlanta, okay, and he's five and one as a starter, okay, they're not going back to Carson Wentz, healthy or not. We're just so, not. So they're next not. week, next week, Taylor Heineke's playing. He throws, I don't know, three picks, no touchdowns for uh-huh. two hundred fifty yards. You're gonna stick with them for the week after that, even Carson. No, healthy. that's what I'm and telling we, you. And we, and we win, and we win though, but we still win. No. That's oh, so there was you. the difference of the of last night. My man had zero touchdowns, a strip, a strip sack, fumble, and a pick, and the defense forced four turnovers, and we won. And that, and you don't, you still want to stick with them? What's the difference? He didn't play horrible last night. That, I, that's he what had, I'm saying. As he long had, as he doesn't play horrible, they're going to stick with him. That's, you take away those four turnovers, he plays horrible. Does he or does yeah. he not? Okay and, then, and if you if you take away uh, um, you the lights in the stadium, then nobody can see and they can't play the game. You can't say <laughs> if that's what happened, so that's what they have to deal with. But they're not going to do. You can you can have your opinion, Trev. They're Ron not Rivera, doing. It. I, they're the, not doing it. Carson, we've seen how Ron Rivera works. When Ron Rivera speaks, he's a man of his word, and he went online. He went out in public and said, "You're where you're wanted." And yada yada yada. He's it not gonna matter, do, Trev. He's not gonna do what Frank Reich did and 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 bench your your such and such quarterback because of a few bad games. Okay, you're not gonna do that. We win because okay, of let defense. Me ask you this. To be quarterback. That's the only thing. Let me ask you this, Trev. Let me ask you this. Another hypothetical for you. Okay, <laughs> let's say, let's say 
uh, Carson is not healthy enough to play, even though he probably could have played this past week if if it was no. allowed, if rules allowed. Instead, he he played the rest of the game with that broken finger. He should have been – he really didn't need to go on IR. I think that was you who said that. But, but here's the hypothetical, okay? He's not healthy enough to play, so Heineke right. plays against Houston. Heineke goes yeah. out and throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. They blow out Houston. You're going yeah. back to Carson Wentz? Yes! No, insane. Yes, insane. you are, bro. Insane, you Trev. paid $30 million. You you went out and, Doesn't and did matter. all this stupid quarterback research for Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and hyping up the fan base. You did all this BS in the offseason, and you went and got Carson Wentz yourself, Ron Rivera, for $30 million. And we're now on the after this year. So he's a, it's a one-year rental anyway. Remember Nathan was saying that all year. It's a one-year rental. That's why he's happy we well, have him. That's what I love about that steal. So one-year. might as well, if you have him for one year, he's not going to be the franchise quarterback, obviously, next year. Let the man finish the season. You paid $30 million. I don't, it's the same situation in Dallas, whether you like it or not. Dak, court, right. Dak is the starting paid quarterback. He Here's my last – Here's my last point on this. You mean, okay, you mean, okay. You mean to tell me. Hold on. Remember when you remember can, Matt you can say something after. I know this is crazy. It's Tom Brady, but Tom Brady tore his or was suspended for four games, and Matt Castle came in at four and zero. And what did they do? Right back to Tom Brady. So I, I know it's Tom because Brady. he has a track record. No, but still, Carson Wentz doesn't have a track record Daniel. with Washington. It's Daniel. He comes in, does his thing, goes right back to the bench. He wins a game. He's he he doesn't start the next game. Chad Henney Who's, in Kansas City. Remember he won the game for Kansas City? We're talking City? about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and Philip Rivers. Did they start the You're next game? You're talking about Hall of Famers. I'm basing off your argument. You said stick with the hot hand. It doesn't matter yes. who, who the quarterback is. No, no, it does matter. It does matter. You do go back to Dak Prescott. So you do go back to Carson Wentz. No, you. you don't. Yes, Carson you do. Wentz has done nothing for this because team this year, he doesn't games, have a track bro. record. He's had four Wait. games. The new offense. No wonder he, he hasn't done new things. It's six. But it, but here, let me just say this last thing, and you can respond. But I'm okay. just gonna say, here's the last thing that okay. I'm gonna say. You can you can respond. I'm just not gonna. Okay, it doesn't matter what we think. They're not going to Carson Wentz this week. Stoner. They're not. It doesn't matter what we think. If Carson they're Wentz not. is healthy, they're going back to Carson. They're not, but they're going to say he's not healthy so that they can save face. Maybe he's really not healthy, bro. Maybe he's really not. Stoner's not. got a tinfoil hat on for that one, regardless. Uh, if he doesn't, if Wentz doesn't play because of, of his injury, Stoner's going to be convinced that it's not the actual <laughs> injury that's kept it. John Kime had an article go out earlier today, about three hours ago. Uh, and had this quote from Ron Rivera in there. You look at what is best for the team, and that's how it has to be, Rivera said. There's a great Thank saying. You. you treat everyone the same. You treat everyone fair, but you treat everyone according to the team. Exactly. So, so will be made about the team first and foremost. Whoever the starter the is, money. I will commit to them fully. I don't want them looking over their shoulder. Thank you. So exactly. You. The last part of that, he's committing to them fully. So Stoner, you need to tell me right now, we start Taylor Heineke next week. He has a bad game. We're going to start him for the rest of the season, no matter what. No, I didn't say that, Trev. Well, I said it's week, week. That. 
Or Ron Rivera saying whoever they commit to is committed to fully. So if right. you're going to for that, that week, season, for that week, Trev. No, for the rest of the season, bro. It's not a week to week thing. Only it is a week to week. Because he's it injured. Is a week it's not a position. Listen, it's not a week to week. Trev, it's not a week to week if they go back to Carson Wentz. Then it's Carson Wentz's job. But it's week to week if it's Taylor Heineke. And it will be Taylor Heineke. And we're going to be, you know, crying about his lollipop throws and all that other stuff on Sunday. Uh, regardless, he's playing. I don't care the status of Wentz's health. He's playing. He's starting on Sunday. Well, now now that... 401k. Bet it all. <laughs> if you can, if you can get to uh, to the live casino again, Stone, are you putting money on that? Yeah. Hey, as a matter of fact, I will be yeah. stopping by there tomorrow to cash my ticket on my five dollar Commanders plus three ninety, cashing out twenty four seventy five. Thank you very Got much, it, baby. Got it, baby. Picked against them on the channel, hedged his bets by putting money down on them. Uh, in the in the casino, uh, I want to see right. that ticket of uh, Carson Wentz uh, or of Taylor if Heineke. If it's available, starting. if it's if available, it's available, I want to see, see that ticket. I, I this is very interesting. Okay, the guys are going back and forth. I'm just kind of sitting here and enjoying it, just like the rest of our comment section. There, we appreciate everyone jumping in the chat. Make sure you hmm. also like this video, even if <laughs> even if you disagree with Trev, because I know a lot of you are disagreeing with Trev. Because on the Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Hi, they, they, they definitely believe Taylor Heineke is Washington. You guys just spent like the last 15 minutes arguing back and forth. I just want to get my, my two cents in here. Can I do that real quick? All right. No. All right. Taylor Heineke this year has, has averaged about 210 yards a game. Okay. He has five touchdowns. Four interceptions, and of course, he's lost at least the one fumble, right? He has Thank not you. played heads and shoulders above Carson Wentz. There has been nothing, there's been nothing that I've been hearing say amen. up to this point. People talking about how the records, one QB wins are not a thing. It's a team win. Okay, so Carson Wentz isn't two and four. The team was two and four. Taylor Heineke's not three and one. The team was three and one. The team was the one who ran the ball for 49 uh, yards. The team had Joey Sly kicking for 14 points. So don't give those those accolades to Taylor Heineke. Look at what Taylor Heineke's providing before you tell me that he's going back there. And you don't just talk about them being hyped. They're hyped because this is their backup quarterback and they're winning. So you're not winning me over with those kind of things. And honestly, when I'm watching them, there's not a lot there that I'm seeing that's telling me this guy is the quarterback for this team. Except for the two plays we saw this weekend against the Eagles with the snap over his head and the smart decision to throw it away. With the decision there to take that sack and uh, eke out some more time. Taylor is developing. I'm with Stoner on this one. I, I've said you go back to Carson Wentz. You absolutely do. You absolutely got to go back to Carson Wentz when he's healthy. Thank but you. I'm with Stoner and that it's not going to be this weekend. It Even is not going to be against the Houston Texans. Give, give Carson Wentz some more time. One thing that is in that Rivera nugget, right? If you read that article from John Kime, 
he cannot immediately just go back to Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz is the better quarterback. He's got the better arm. He can make more of those throws. He might not have the legs uh, that that Taylor Heineke has, but even then, Taylor Heineke's not been really using those, and they haven't been using those as a part of the playbook either. That's just not something we're seeing. But Taylor Heineke does know this offense, and Taylor Heineke does the one thing that's probably even more important than throw it or you know throwing away uh, errant uh, snaps and you know getting on his knees right before getting smacked and, and getting those flags. He targets this man a heck of a lot, and and that is going to win us some football games. Now, this was an interesting stat that I was looking at as uh, as you two were going off there. Terry McLaurin was targeted 11 times by Taylor Heineke in this game. The other wide receivers in there were not even close. No one, none of the other uh, targets got up to five. Okay. Curtis Samuel, four. De'Ami Brown, one. Jahan Dotson, one. And Cam Sims, one. You had a total of seven targets to other wide receivers. He is going after Terry McLaurin. And I do believe that is a way to victory with this rushing attack. So maybe I'm not on team Heineke long-term, but I'm on team Heineke at least for this upcoming week. It's not rolling with the hot hand because he's not winning you games, but he's keeping you in there. And you can miss all this Heineke, the teams behind Heineke. You don't think the team would be behind Carson Wentz when he was was 350 yards and three touchdowns. No, the team's going to be behind whoever the quarterback is. That's winning them football game. Taylor just happens to be a very likable guy. That man was drinking some bush light out of a out of a trash can, uh, and they're icing him up like he's Kirk Cousins. Okay, guy, that's great. They only rally when he wins. When we win games, they don't talk about rallying behind him. You only see people dancing in the locker room when they win games. The the team spirit works. Okay, that's just the way it's going to be. Leadership is different. Carson is a quarterback, and you will likely see him before the season is over. Yes. But you're going to continue riding with Taylor Heineke at least until Carson Wentz shows he is ready in practice because that's the nugget that I picked out of that article was you cannot just go back to Carson Wentz. Okay? If you want to talk about how the team rallies behind Heineke, that's why you can't go straight to Wentz. Okay? Because if you go to Wentz, if you go to Wentz and Wentz isn't quite 100%, then the team's going to wonder, why did you go back to him? So you got to see those things in practice where he is absolutely blowing out the smoke, right? Just smoking Heineke in practice where the wide receivers are like, no, I want this guy. You don't think De'Ami Brown wants Carson Wentz? Yeah, he does. Brown's going to get paid. If Carson Wentz is the quarterback, and Jahan Dotson will get used some more, Curtis Samuel will get used some more. But you know what? Those those uh, well, Jahan Dotson probably more than Deami Brown because Deami Brown's got a a, a a year on Josh Johnson, but uh, Jahan Dotson. But J- they they care more about wins. They want wins right now. That's what this team wants, and that's why I think they're going to rally behind Taylor Heineke, is okay. because he's he. The, he even with his limitations, Scott Turner calls the right plays with, with Heineke back there. So, again, I know it seems like I'm doing the typical Nathan thing. I'm kind of riding both sides. But I, right. I'm with you, Stoner. I'm with you. Okay. you got to start Heineke. But you start Carson Wentz when he's healthy. It's just he's not healthy okay. right now. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose questions to both of you. Okay? Hypotheticals. Okay? The first question. There's two questions. First question is. 
if Carson Wentz is healthy, what would you do? I'm talking about this week. What would you do, Nathan? If he's 100% healthy, he's showing out in practice. Yeah, don't. If he's healthy, if the team says he's healthy. You're telling me he's 100% healthy. That means he's showing out in practice and he's doing all the throws and everything. Okay. What would you do this week? I'm starting Taylor Heineke. It's a short week. You give him one more week to rest. You can't even make that decision until Wednesday, by the way, which is tomorrow. Trev, if he's fully healthy and everybody agrees he's fully healthy this week, who are you starting? Carson Wentz. Okay. Now, the question, the real question is, what will Washington do? Not what do you think they should do? What will they do? Start Carson Wentz. Nathan? They're, st- they're going to start Taylor Heineke. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to put on my tinfoil hat. And say, oh, they're going to say that he's still broken. Selfie? Yeah, they're still, they'll start Carson Wentz. All right. Let's just say, and, and, and Trev, I think you're wrong in – not your opinion on what you think, but I think you're wrong on what the team will do. Even if he's, uh, if, if he's healthy, I think they're still going to start uh, Heineke. And Nathan brings up that good point about it being a shorter week because you played on Monday. Oh, God. Okay. Now here's the thing. Here's the question. So they're going to start Taylor Heineke. I don't care what anybody says. They're starting him this week. Okay. okay. Now the question is, and they can use an excuse of, Carson's not healthy or whatever, short week, whatever. Now, if he plays out, he balls out against Houston and they win and Carson is now fully healthy, he's had an an extra week and you've got a full week of practice. Yeah. Who is Washington starting? Not who do you think they should start? Who is... Ron going to start Carson Wentz Nathan it's going to be Carson Wentz when he's fully 100% healthy not just shoving 30 million dollars like that just because Taylor Heineke has moxie it doesn't they don't give a damn I just said he had a 300 yard game he balls out 300 yards and three touchdowns that is that is that is not nothing dude like if he can put ba- if he can put back to back three hundred yard game stoner, then we might consider if he can start. So he needs to do the things that we can we consistently need from an actual starting quarterback. Yes. They know he is a backup quarterback. There's a reason why they went out and got Carson Wentz. Okay? Yes, but that's not the, even though he's in six years in the league. Taylor Heineke's showing that he can win games and be a quality backup, Back which up. he is extending here. But hey, Fitzpatrick made a living out of it. Fitzpatrick had a lot of people on his. Taylor Heineke's the new Ryan Fitzpatrick, okay? And we were yeah. pretty excited about Fitzpatrick at the start of last season. Then we got him for like a quarter and a half uh, of Dumbo slides. But um, the the thing is, is like I said, you you have not seen Carson Wentz. Uh, fully enveloped in this. He, this is his first year with this offense. It's going to take some time. He needs to show the things, the coaches, the things in practice, okay, that he is ready to start. Because if he's not shown those, then he's not going to start. Okay, healthy or not, Stoner, you're absolutely right in that regard. 
if if he's not shown those things in practice. It doesn't matter if Taylor Heineke has one big game. He's had enough crappy games. Now, I'm not blind, by the way. Carson Wentz has had his fair share of crappy games. He threw for less than 100 yards against the Bears. Okay? So I'm not saying he's 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 the answer. And my favorite part about the Carson Wentz trade was the fact that you have him for a one-year rental. He doesn't work out. You cut him next year. Looks, yeah. looks, guys, he's not working out. Okay? Start the man. We're at the halfway point of the season, which we're a little bit over the halfway point of the season, right? We're oh, five and five. Well There's seven halfway. games. We're, we're seven games left in the season. If we're still debating whether or not Carson Wentz is the answer, he's not the answer. If we're debating whether or not Taylor Heineke is going to be the starting quarterback, Carson Wentz is not the answer. So you're not talking about nope, next. We're not season. talking about we're not the future. Talking about next season. Talking exactly. about next. You're not, week. and that's what I'm trying to say is you're not we, talking about next season. So people can miss me with the whole we owe him one. Sorry, Trev. One of your lamest arguments on this, by the way, is we pay the man twenty eight million dollars. I don't care what you're paying because what matters is winning football games. They don't care that they owe this guy $28 million and he's riding the bench if they're winning football games. 100%. I'm telling you that right now. So just leave the paychecks out of this. What Stoner's talking about and what I'm talking about right now is who gives you the better chance to win. And it has nothing to do with the heart and people love icing them up and drinking the bush lights and the, and the thing. That's not, that's not it. What is he doing for you on the field? And if he's doing things like we saw against the Eagles where he's making smart plays, you're going to keep playing Taylor Heineke. I'm just saying Carson Wentz has more, has more of the physical traits you want to see in a QB. Starting quarterback. And if he starts to, if he starts to show that in practice, you're going to end up going back to Carson Wentz because you don't think Scott Turner wants to throw more 40-yard bombs to these speedy wide receivers. You don't think 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 that he's going to want to see Carson Wentz throw those outside shoulder things where uh, where Terry McLaurin doesn't have to moss somebody? Yes. He wants to see that. Yes. And he knows he's not going to get with Taylor. And you and Stoner, you know this. This is the reason why they went out and got Carson Wentz. I'm not arguing about that. I'm not. My point is, what is Washington going to do this week? And my hypothetical was, if he balls out and they win the next game, he's still going to be starting. No, he's not. I'm sorry. That's the truth. Right now, I'm not willing to bet anything about after Houston because I don't know what he's going to do. If he plays like he played this week, which was, you know, kind of average what he normally does, then no, they're going to go back to Carson Wentz. But if he balls out, then I'm willing to put any amount of money that they're going to stick with him. And I'm going to bet you all any amount of money that you want right now, he will be starting against Houston. I don't care the status of Carson Wentz. But they're going to say that Carson Wentz is not ready because they're going to start Taylor Heineke, regardless of his health. So let's just talk about this week. Does anyone want to take that bet that Taylor Heineke yeah. is going to be starting? Well, if Carson's – well, that's it's, it's all depends on this damn injury report. That's what I'm saying, though, Trev. They're, it doesn't matter. They're going to say well, it didn't matter, then that why he's not he ready. How about this? How about this? I'm telling you right now that he's going to be on the injury report, and by the time it comes to Sunday, it's going to be he's not fully healthy. I'll just bet that. I'll he's just bet that, that he's not starting because he's not healthy. 
He's going to be in the injury report for optics against the Texans, and I guarantee you he makes the start. I promise you he's going to make the start if he's healthy enough. Carson Wentz will be in the saddle on Sunday in Houston. But you keep saying if he's healthy enough. Because that's what Ron's saying, bro. That's why he didn't make right. it. He didn't name the starter today. So he's clearly going he's going to say, report, and he's, he's going, going to say, say that regardless. He's going to end the report all week, like you said, and end up starting because for the optics against the Texans. He's starting Sunday. Well, that's my whole point. My point is he's going to say that Wentz is not ready physically. I, but I'll bet be. just that. Yes, just that. Even if he is. But I'm saying no matter what, no matter what, Trev, they're going Carson to say Sunday. that he's not ready for Sunday. All right. I'm telling you right now. Okay. They're going to say we, it. We say they're going to say it Sunday or Saturday or whenever. Yeah. They'll they'll probably they'll probably whenever they whenever they Carson name the starter be, the Carson Wentz is going to be on the injury report whether or not that comes out Wednesday or Thursday because of the short week I'm not entirely certain uh, so that's mm-hmm. something we'll have to keep track of we do have our show tomorrow night so we'll we'll probably have some more of this discussion on there uh, HT man we're definitely going to get a a poll out there on our community yeah I page. wanted to get it up this afternoon but uh, I had some computer issues so I couldn't yeah. I couldn't get it in there. If, so, if you guys want to do that, if anybody wants to take that up and put yeah, a poll, I'll, I'll, I'll take it up and I'll get a I'll get a poll in there. I uh, image poll. Um, can we do a poll in the chat? Uh, we we stream through different services, so I'm not sure if we can just do one straight up in the in the YouTube one. But if we can get one up there, I would love to see it with because we got quite a few people there. Uh, so that one's going to be interesting. It seems like we actually do have some people split. Uh, Bearded Knowledge coming in here, joining us a little bit. Appreciate uh, him coming up here. Uh, Eagles fan taking his lickings uh, a little bit. Not quite here, as he says, Eagles are still better, FYI, but good game. It was a good game, and Washington was the better team yesterday. And let's, uh, while we still have some Eagles fans here, I'm just going to remind you of this right here. Show, <laughs> cry, showing the, cry. Showing the scoreboard yet again for our audio listeners, 32 to 21, Washington. I 100% agree with Phil, by the way. Philly is still a better football team than Washington. Now, yesterday. Top the bottom, yes. But that's, and that's why, you know, I use my words very carefully, Stoner. I said, yesterday, Washington was the better team. Absolutely, Absolutely. they were. So, yeah, right, PNW, what is up with this? 70 people watching, only 33 likes. Hit that like button. Get there. This was obviously some quite entertaining uh, conversation amongst those uh, amongst those two for the longest time, and then I got in there and I straddled the line as I always tend to do. Uh, so let's let's move forward past the the unless we can get the the stuff up there. Uh, Donovan already calling for next topic as well here. Nathan Stoner are correct with their estimates about the starter for next week. Trev does not like Heineke as the starter. Yep, no Absolutely. one does. Not even the team. I don't either. I don't either. I don't want him to be the starter. I don't like him. I'm a a Wentz guy in this situation, but I'm thinking like the team's thinking. Yeah. It'll it'll be interesting to see. We will see the, you know, the, the, like I said, the injury roster. I suspect we're still going to have Carson Wentz recovering, especially a short week and everything. So we'll, we'll see. We are going to talk about the Houston game tomorrow at 730. So you're going to want to tune into that as we talk about whether or not Washington can continue and start these next four games off with a W because these next four games look very winnable on paper. Houston, Atlanta, Giants, bye week Giants. 
which by the way, you have the chance to get to that second Giants game here at FedEx Field in a sweep. We are giving away, that is right, we're giving away two sweet tickets and a uh, parking pass. You get to watch the game with us and the suite right there at FedEx Field. Free food, free drinks. It's going to be a lot. All you have to do is donate to the Fisher House. Use this link that's coming across on the bottom there. If uh, EP is in the house, I know she'll uh, she'll throw up the that in the chat as well. We're raffling it off, okay? $1 gets you one ticket. $5 gets you six tickets. $10, 15 tickets. $25 gives you 50 tickets. We've had a couple big donations. Let's get ourselves up and over $1,000, all right? This is an excellent organization. They provide free stays for family members of military members and vets who are seeking health care. So this is an excellent thing. Stoner, you provided an, a great story of where a combat vet from Afghanistan and launch duel was able to see his family because the Fisher house flew them out and had them stay right there uh, at one of their houses there right next to the, to uh, the launch tool regional medical center and was able to see somebody who just came back and, and had a devastating injury. And uh, I think that matters. And so that's why we're doing this season of giving figured we'd incentivize you a little bit and get uh, get you donating. Not only could you win sweet tickets, that's the grand, grand prize. Appreciate EP for jumping in and making sure we had that link there. Go to that link, okay? Because if, even if you don't get the sweet tickets, there's some other items you might be able to win. We're raffling off two signed jerseys, one from D'Angelo Hall, one from Leno. All right, Charles Leno donated a jersey for us. Uh, we have two $100 gift cards to Guy Fieri's restaurant in D.C., Right there, just $25 to the Fisher House. Good organization. You might get yourself some good eats. <laughs> oh, we got, uh, so we got the $200 gift cards. We got the, uh, we're missing the Pacers running shoes. That's right. You can get a new pair of running shoes. Be like Taylor Heineke. Oh my God. Cash that in after a key victory, right? When Washington beats Dallas later this year, week 18, get yourself the prettiest blue and white shoes you got to do it it's got to be got to be a good time to do it anything else we're missing in there storm we got the two gift cards pacers running shoes we got two jerseys and we got two sweet tickets with the parking pass get in there and make that donation happen trev knows what's missing oh yeah yeah. bag bag. yeah and the hoodies just got printed out uh this past weekend too so yeah They'll be added to the swag bag, of course. But um, I was born in Launchstuhl, Germany, by the way, guys. So to connect you really? Your yeah. I had no idea. Launchstuhl, Germany. That's pretty cool. We Damn. we do have some good Manscaped stuff coming up. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll be posting some uh, some things that you can do with uh, Manscaped in a little bit here. I want to appreciate Clifton right now for his $5 super sticker donation. <laughs> Thank you very kindly. Uh, Steven, we might be able to get you a fit, fidget spinner. You're definitely going to want to hit it up <laughs> that game when we're when we're there. It's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, I want to get I want us to get to one thousand dollars, and if we do that, I uh, I'll do that. So uh, metaphor saying I donated but only showed a donation, but nothing about entering my info for the drawing. You don't have to worry about that. Once we have your information, even uh, if you went anonymous, uh, what we do is uh, EP's been handling this. She will email you a uh, 
you'll you'll get an email saying, hey, thank you for the donation. If you'd like to be a part of it, uh, email us back at Ref the District with your information. But the information you provide on your donation, we take your name and we send you a message with your with your tickets. So we have that. So make sure that you get in there and uh, and make those donations. All right. Season of giving aside, that's not what this next part is about. This next part is about paying up. And Trev, you you might be winning right now because of the fact that you haven't been here for some of these bets. Nice. Uh, Stoner, you got these handy real quick. Let's get these uh, these done and get out of here because these folks have been sticking with us for an hour and a half, and we appreciate their time. Yeah, it's holiday right. season, bro. I can't, be, I can't be betting all the time. So. <laughs> all right, real quick. Uh, Stoner said that Washington would have at least 35 rushes. They had 49. Hey. So Stoner won that one. Stoner okay. said Washington would have at least 155 yards. They only had 152. Oh, so Nathan won that. And I think I started that off with 145 and moved it up. I was going to say, yeah. what did that start off? I know you didn't start at 155. I knew. Yeah. Yeah. I got him to move it up. And that was, it was a smart play by me. Cause I, I figured I might lose that 35. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan said no Philly receiver will get to a hundred yards. He was correct. Uh, Quez Watkins had 80. Um, Stoner said that uh, our guy Loto, uh, Logan Thomas, would have three catches. He only had two, and he and he had one. He should have caught, but he got popped. He had so. three targets actually, so he was real close yeah. there. Four targets actually. Um, Nathan said Washington would have had four sacks. They only had one, and that was like on the final drive. So yeah. Stoner won that one. Um, Stoner said Heineke would have twenty five pass attempts he had 29 so nathan won that uh nathan said that heineke would have 20 or more rush yards i think he had like 14 yeah he was he was close but not not uh, quite actually he only had 10 yeah half of that um which, which is too bad because a couple of those were kneel downs so those are negative one or two each one um and then stoner said uh this was an in-game dollar dollar that sly would miss the 55 yarder and he nailed it. So I think it was a plus two for you and a minus two for me. So what are the standings now after all of that, Nathan? Yeah, Nathan's I, supposed I, to be figuring I, that out. I know. I saw. I I've been busy. I've been busy. Yeah. So looks like I did come up on top there. Uh, metaphor. Go ahead and, and email us. I, I see that you uh, that you didn't add an email. Just um, email us. Okay. EP uh, sees it. We'll get you. We'll get you taken care of. Uh, if you don't get anything, make sure you let us know and. Uh, We'll uh, you'll just have to hit us up either on one of our channels or, or one of our emails there. But it is a great thing, and we appreciate your donation there. We appreciate Clifton. Is this a second one? This is a second one. Oh, With a second donation, $5. We always appreciate it. The Super Chat does stay up, uh, and you can uh, always make those donations to us directly. We appreciate that. Right now, we're trying to funnel you to the Fisher House. Make sure you head out there and uh, and donate there because we we do appreciate everyone making those uh those donations. Gregory, I have to agree with this. If we want to quick topic this or shut it down for tonight and take it, but Gregory, I'm out. Thomas is done. I called him decidedly mediocre last year and people kind of got on me, but uh, he's definitely, he's an, he's an aging tight end who was never quite it. Good story, but Armani Rogers right now is his replacement and I'm okay with that. Nothing? Me. No one? All right. Last chance. Yeah, you got anything? Trev, you got yeah, anything? Um, All right. No. 
No? All right. Well, then catch us tomorrow live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at 7.30 as we break down the Houston game and any other crazy stuff. Wednesdays have been a wild day of the week for Washington. But until next time. Start Carson Wentz. Taylor Heineke is starting. Be a fan. (laughs) 